No discipline is enjoyable when it's happening. It's painful, but afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. Let us pray. Father, we praise you for the victories of this church. We know that it is all you, Father, and it's been amazing to sit back and watch. I want to thank you for just allowing myself, my family, this leadership to just be a small part of watching your movement throughout this church each and every Sunday and on Wednesdays. Father, every day, you know, there's a lot of times and I'm up here throughout the week, and, and Father, your movement is evident. It's evident on this property. Father, we praise you for that. Uh, Father, today you've given me a message in this discipline series that uh, may be a little tough uh, for some people to hear. Uh, Father, again, I need them to understand we're aiming at their hearts, not their toes. And um, Father, this might even be a difficult one for me to preach. However, I have no doubt that you're going to come through with this and it will not be difficult. Father, I know that you'll take over. And Father, in fact, in this moment, I'm asking that you do that, Father. I'm asking that you anoint me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. Father, I've had a lot of distractions that have tried to come into play the last couple days. Father, I ask that those distractions are taken away from me, Father, and you replace it with your breath, your wisdom, your knowledge, your boldness, and Father, of course, most importantly, Father, your love. Ask these things in your name. Help us to love, laugh, and forgive. Amen. In the Bible, there is a very important uh, Bible verse that promises us as Christians a prosperous life. Most of y'all know this verse. We've started every single week with this during this series on Jeremiah 29, 11, where God says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not harm you. But for some reason, we see a lot of Christians today living a life full of harm and very little prosperity. And seeing this, before we started this series, I went to God and asked why this was happening. He told me he has given all of his children, everyone in this room, every ingredient that it takes to have a prosperous life. But the problem is we are missing one key ingredient. And what ingredient is that, Christian Warriors? Discipline. Today we're going to continue our series entitled Warrior Discipline. In the last five weeks of this series, we have discussed how we can improve our spiritual discipline, our physical discipline, our discipline of rest, where we talked about the Sabbath day, and in the last two weeks, we talked about the discipline of the tongue. That one hurt a little bit. If you missed any of these sermons, guys, you can go on YouTube and, and look at all those for the last five weeks to catch up. This week, we're going to continue the series, and we're going to discuss how we should biblically discipline our children. Oh, that's kind of cool. Before I continue... As I have each week of this series, I want to remind everyone that discipline is not a trait or characteristic you're born with, correct? It is a lifestyle that we choose. As a Christian, uh, we can all be disciplined. Let's go look at Galatians 5:22 through 23, the fruits of the Spirit. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, which is discipline. Excellent. So as children of God, guys, we have been given these fruits from the Holy Spirit. And this includes discipline to discipline our children. For those of you that don't have kids, okay, number one, God bless you, okay? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. If you don't have kids, guys, take notes today. I need you to understand this. Take notes because one day you may. And if you don't, you can help some of us with our kids. And then also, if you're teaching in the children's ministry, this is something that you can take notes on as well. We're all a family, guys. We all need to help each other. Amen? This morning, God put this on my heart, that this sermon may be one of the most important sermons that some of you have ever heard. So really, guys, I need you to grasp this today. Because there's nothing more important than raising in our, our children in the ways of God. Amen? Take notes, guys. God has shown me three different phases of a child's life that requires training from us as parents. But before I go over these three phases, I need all of you to understand three important points when it comes to disciplining our children. The first point, as parents, we are called to discipline our children. Let's look at Joshua 24, 15. 
As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I don't care where you came from. If you're in my house, you're going to serve the Lord. I don't care how old you are as a child. In my home, you're going to serve the Lord. I don't care if you're my wife. You're going to serve the Lord. I don't care if you're my cat. You're going to serve the Lord. Amen? Okay, so number one, right off the bat, we need to understand that we are going to teach our children to serve the Lord. And part of that comes with discipline, guys. It comes with discipline. We have to show our children what God does command of us. And again, he does. He commands us, guys, to discipline our children. I want to look at the first half of Proverbs 23, 13. Don't fail to discipline your children. We should just walk out the door. Like that right there proves it, right? We must discipline our children. We must discipline our children. I mean, I, I don't know. Can you read that any different? I mean, I don't care if it's in Greek or Hebrew. I mean, seriously, don't fail to discipline your children. Can we all agree that God's telling us we need to discipline our children? Can we all agree We're going to come back to the rest of that verse later in the sermon, but right here you need to understand if God has blessed you with children, he has anointed you a parent. A parent is an anointed position by God, guys. If you're a parent, you've been called to minister to your children. And a huge part of that ministry is teaching them discipline and discipline them along the way. The role of a parent, guys, it's no different than the role of a pastor. It's no different. As a pastor, my job is to teach the flock that he's put in front of me. And along with that also comes discipline. There's church discipline that I've had to invoke. There's discipline on people's walks that I've had to teach. It's no different with a parent, guys. We're all ministers. And the thing is, if you're a parent, your flock, your church, your church house is your house. That's your flock. It's your children. Better make sure we're teaching them. And it starts with discipline. The second point that we need to understand about disciplining our children is we as parents need the guidance of the Holy Spirit. I want to go back. We're going to look at Galatians again, the fruits of the Spirit, 5, 22 through 23. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, guys. Love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I'm going to be honest with y'all, especially y'all that don't have kids yet, you're going to need all those to raise kids. <laughs> Amen? Amen. Amen? That's why I wanted to go back to that. This is, this, this is what it takes, God. You trust me, you need the Holy Spirit to raise children. Amen? Amen. I mean, listen, you, you ain't going to have, you ain't going to, there's times you ain't going to want to love them. There, there's times that, that there's no joy. There's times there sure ain't no peace. You know what I'm saying? Patience. Listen, I lose patience every day. I live with four women. <laughs> Kindness. There's a lot of times I can't be kind. Goodness, really? Faithfulness. I mean, it's just, it's hard, guys. Gentleness. Man. And discipline. You need all those, again, to raise a child, especially in this world, guys. You need to be praying for this every day. When you start your day and you're in your prayer, God, I'm begging you to allow the Holy Spirit to consume me and allow me to use those fruits of the Spirit to raise my children today. That should be your prayer every day, guys. Every day. The third point we need to understand about disciplining our children is there are no guarantees. There's no guarantees. I mean, you can just ask Sharon. I mean, look how Bojo turned out. You know what I'm saying? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Every godly, or excuse me, even godly parents, guys, can experience the headache of prideful and unruly children. We've all seen it before, guys. We, we've seen it many times where you, you take a, a parent, a group of, or excuse me, a couple, take parents that are leading a godly home. 
And they are disciplining their kid. And the kid still didn't turn out right. You see, there comes a point in a person's life, especially children, where they reach this age and it becomes about free will. There's no guarantee how they're going to turn out. So we need to understand. The Bible doesn't, excuse me, the Bible does not guarantee success when it comes to how our children will turn out, but it does guarantee us this, guys. We have a better chance of setting our children up for success if we discipline them and teach them in the ways of God. Let's look at Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, even when he is old, and he will not depart from it. So here's what I need you to catch. No guarantees. Zero guarantees on how your child will turn out. But again, what this verse is telling us is if we'll plant the seed. If we'll plant the seed. Let me rephrase that. If we plant a lot of seeds, there's a great chance that they'll come back to God when they do drift away. It's our job, guys. No guarantees. But again, I guarantee you, you have a lot better chance of setting them up for success if you, if you keep planting those seeds constantly, constantly. Now that we understand these three points on disciplining our children, now I want to move into the three different phases of a child's life that requires training from us as parents. The first phase is the discipline and correction phase. We're going to spend a lot of time here today, a lot. Let's look at Ephesians 6.1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Amen, parents? Amen, parents? Amen. The discipline and correction phase of a child's life usually starts once your child uh, starts to understand their actions, okay? This stage usually starts around one to two years of age. You know, before that, you're the just a you're, all you are is a protector of the child you know for, from the time they're born until the time they finally get to this phase your whole job is just to love on them okay what it is is they've got your attention understood that they've got your attention you're, you're putting all your attention towards that child when they get to this age when they finally get to the point that they can kind of understand what's going on. Well, let me explain how this looks, okay? It's when a child starts to reach for things that they don't need to grab. It becomes a time when, when a child uh, looks at you straight in the eyes and says no. That's when this phase starts. It's different for every child. It's different for every child. But when they reach this phase, okay, they've had your attention. Now it's time that they give you attention. It's time that you grasp their attention to you. You've been taking care of them. Now it's time that they start paying attention to you. Okay? In this phase, your main job, again, draw attention to the kid. But Micah, how do we do this? What's it look like? I want to go back and look at the rest now of Proverbs 23, 13. We're going to also look at verse 14 as well. Don't fail to discipline your children. The rod of punishment won't kill them. Physical discipline may well save them from death. Whether you like it or not, Christian warriors, the Bible calls us to discipline and correct our children physically by spanking them. That's what this verse is saying. Now, I don't want there to be any misunderstanding here, okay? I don't want y'all to misunderstand what the Bible is telling us and what I'm about to teach you. There's a correct way to discipline physically, and there's a wrong way. We do not tolerate abuse in this church, and I assure you, God does not tolerate abuse of his children. The incorrect way to discipline your child is by abuse when it comes to physical discipline. Do we understand this? Do, do we understand that? We're going to go in a little bit more detail. 
When does it become abuse? Let's look at Ephesians 6, 4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. It becomes abuse when you're mad, when you discipline the child out of anger. It's become abuse. Parents, we can't do that. When you spank a child out of anger, guys, again, it's no longer discipline and correction. It's become abuse. You know, I've had a lot of people that have told me, Mike, I don't want to spank my child because I feel like that's abuse. I want to tell y'all a quick story. There's a little boy named Tommy, okay? Tommy was a terrible kid, all right? His mom, we'll call her Susie. So Tommy's mom, Susie, one day Tommy wakes up. Tommy's acting up, doesn't want to get out of bed, doesn't want to wake up. Susie's trying to be patient and calm, and he's back-talking mom, but she lets it slide because it's early in the morning, and, you know, she's tired too. And So then she gets him in there for breakfast, and he gets in there, and, She's got a bowl of cereal sitting there, and he says, I don't want cereal. And he ends up throwing the cereal on the floor. And mom, again, is trying to let it slide and trying to be patient. And then they get, and they take off, and they're going to run some errands, and he, he doesn't want to get dressed. You know, he just wants to wear his underwear wherever you're going. Well, mom, again, is trying to let it slide. She's trying to be patient, gets him in the car. They go to the grocery store. He's throwing stuff all over the place. Again, mom, again, she's getting a little bit angrier at this point. She's getting a little mad at this point. But she's going to let it slide. She's not going to discipline Tommy. She's going to let it continue. And then they get in the car, and as they're driving home, he's throwing a fit and so forth. And then that night they get home, and then he wants to take a or she wants, she needs him to take a bath, but he doesn't want to take a bath. A lot of kids don't like to take a bath. It's really weird. They stink. They need to take a bath. But this kid didn't want to take a bath, so he's throwing a fit again. Then he didn't want to go to bed. All this time, guys, her temper is getting worse and worse, and then all of a sudden, she explodes. She explodes. And she disciplines him physically out of anger. The ones that abuse, this is the honest truth, guys. I've been studying this and studying this. The ones that abuse are the ones that never spank. The ones that don't spank enough. Let me rephrase that. Because here's the thing. If she would have started her day out when she was calm and disciplined him the right way, that would have fixed that problem. And then throughout the day, when she was calmer, that would have fixed that problem. But see, here's the issue, guys. If you don't discipline your kids, that anger just keeps rising and rising and rising. And the next thing you know, you do it out of anger. I think everybody in this room is guilty of that. That's a parent, probably at some point. I know I am. So many times I've tried to be calm and so forth, and then I just explode. I wouldn't say physically, I didn't do it physically, but I'd get mad and verbally start screaming and hollering because I held it in. See, we think we're doing the right thing by doing that, but we're really doing the wrong thing. We need to discipline our kids early and often. One other thing about spanking your kids, guys, don't do it with your hand. Don't do it with your hand. And here's why I'm going to tell you that. The minute that you do it with your hand, now you're physically hurting that child. You need to have, I mean, that's what it says, the rod. I mean, have something, right? Like, like I don't care if it's a paddle, you know, with holes in it. I'm kidding, don't do that. That's too painful. It's way too painful. But guys, I need you to catch this. When you physically put hands on a child, they're going to remember that. They're going to remember that five-finger ministry. I promise you. They don't need to look at that as that it's you that's punishing them. They need to understand that you have a rod of correction. And this rod of correction, we don't go to that unless you need to be disciplined. This verse, guys tells us we should discipline our children in the ways of the Lord. Well, how does the Lord discipline us? Let's look at Hebrews 12, 6. 
For the Lord disciplines those he loves, and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. So how do you discipline? Discipline out of love. That's how God disciplines his children, guys. Why wouldn't we be any different? He's setting the example for us. You never want your children to mind you guys because they're scared of you. You want them to mind you because they honor you. The Bible says, honor your parents, not fear them. When I would get mad and upset and raise my voice, I mean, that's what it would do. I mean, I, I can remember one time raising my voice and God immediately saying, look at your children. And, and they're looking at me with these big eyes like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that we got him to that point. Even though I warned them many times. Guys, that's the thing. You, you don't want your kids to fear you. You want them to love you. You want them to honor you. Just like we honor our Father because of the love that he pours out on us. And that's the thing, guys. If you, if you love them, they'll honor love. I promise you they will. They'll honor love. Make sure you're not angry, guys, in that moment. If you need to take a moment, take a moment. Before you discipline your kids, before you spank your kids, discipline your kids, whatever it is that you do, take a moment, guys. Don't do it out of anger. And I'll and I tell you something else. I suggest that you explain to your child what you're doing. I am extremely mad at you right now. So right now is not the time to discipline you. I'm going to go cool off. And I'll tell you something right now. Doesn't that hurt more than anything? When, when you're a kid, it's like, I remember my dad would come home. He'd be like, you know, go to your room and wait. It's like, really? You're sitting there the whole time thinking about the whooping you're fitting to get, you know? But that's the truth, though, guys. My dad, I think back now, and I'm so glad he did that because I know it made him mad. He was trying to chill out for a minute. If you need a moment, take it. Never rush disciplining your child. That's an important moment in your life. It's a huge moment in their lives. Don't rush that. Allow God to work in that moment. Understood? But Micah, I love my kids too much to spank them. No, you don't. Let's look at Proverbs 13, 24. Those who spare the rod of discipline hate their children. Those who love their children care enough to discipline them. As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. That's why I'm disciplining you. It's hard, right? Like, you don't want to whoop your kids. You don't want to discipline your kids. But the thing is, guys, they need to understand the reason why you're doing it is because you're honoring their Father in heaven. That's what you're doing. You're trying to teach them because that's what he tells us to do. He tells us to discipline our children. And I promise you, if you let them know that, you explain it to them. It makes a big difference. It makes a big difference. I think that verse, it speaks for itself, guys. You, you have to discipline your kids. If you're not disciplining your kids, you're crippling them for life, guys. All right, Micah, so when is the appropriate time to discipline my children? I have a three-step rule. Teach them first, remind them second, discipline them third. Don't discipline your kids, guys, if you hadn't taught them what you disciplined them for. How many times y'all see that? You know, that, that's, like, that's like a bad football coach, you know. That's like a coach that, that you know, you, you go into this game and, and he's calling out this play to you. You know, you're on the field. You know, let's say it's high school ball. It's Friday night. You, it's first play of the game. He calls this play out. None of you heard it before. We don't know what to do. And then he makes you run at the end of the game because you, you lost, but, but you didn't know the plays. You know what I'm saying? Like, guys, we can't be that coach. You know, I'll put it to you this way. Like, I've seen this before where, where a parent will get upset because their kid isn't sharing. Did you teach them to share? Like, literally sit down with them and explain to them, this is how we share. Daddy's going to have the toy for a minute. Or mama's going to have the toy for a minute. And, and we're going to rejoice in that because this is a good thing. I'm, I'm, I'm being honest. Don't get mad at them if they don't know how to talk to an adult in public. 
Did you teach them? Did you teach them to look somebody in the eye and shake their hands? Don't get mad at them about table manners. Did you teach them at home? They're over there with food falling out of their mouth, not using their napkin and acting stupid at a restaurant. You need to think. But guys, how many, I want you, I'm serious here. How many times have y'all seen that? Where you watch a kid getting disciplined, and I've, I've seen it, and I watch this kid, and they're confused. They don't, even, they don't even know what they did wrong. Don't discipline them if you hadn't taught them what to do. Teach first, guys. After you teach them, the second step is to remind them, and you only remind them one time. Not one time a day. One time. One time, you remind them. After that, it's time to discipline. That's the third step. Oh, yeah. And you do it immediately. You do it immediately. Don't count to three. Don't count to three. You think their boss is going to count to three one day? You think the police are going to count to three one day? Doesn't surprise that came from you. I'm writing that down. Melody. I'm going to use that for the rest of my life for the pulpit. Melody said police before I could even get the words out of my mouth. Y'all think God's going to count to three? And I need you to catch this, guys. Do you know what counting to three, do you know what you're teaching your, your kid? Delayed discipline. Like, you can act up, but one and two. Don't act up when I say three. You can go crazy all over the house at one and two. Don't you do it when I say three. There is a very important word in the Bible that describes Delayed discipline. Y'all know what that word is? Sin. If you're doing this, you're teaching your kid to sin. That's what you're teaching. It's okay to sin until it gets to the point where somebody's had enough. Don't count to three. Teach them first. Remind them once, discipline them immediately. Not only should your child do what they're told, guys, they need to do it with a respectful attitude. If not, if not, discipline them again. That's, that's a problem we got in this world, y'all. I want you to think about it. Man. You, you get on to some of these younger people nowadays, and I'm going to say younger people. Heck, I'll, I'll even bring my age into it. You get on to them about something, if you're their boss or, or if you're trying to invoke some discipline through the church or, or something like that, they start pouting. They start pouting. They get all upset. They act like a child. I guarantee you, they weren't disciplined. They're probably waiting on me to count to three. One of the main things I hear from parents that don't want to discipline their child, Micah, I want them to like me. I want to be their friend. My question to you is, do you want them to like you or do you want them to honor you? Let's go back to that. They need to honor you. The Bible says, honor thy parents. Don't like thy parents. Another thing we need to pay attention to in the disciplining and correcting phase, we got to be consistent. Don't discipline your child for something one day and then not the next. We all guilty of this. Y'all quit some, mm -hmm, we all guilty of it. I'm going to tell you right now, we're lazy. Parents are lazy, man. You know, you, you get down, you, you had a long day at work, and you get home, and your wife's tired, and you're tired, and, and you finally told the kids, like, go away, because we just want to spend some time together, and we just want to sit down there and just be in silence. You know what I'm saying? And we're sitting down there, and the next thing you know, you hear your kid upstairs, one of them fighting with the other one, they're hollering at each other, stuff. You're like, ah, oh, they'll be all right. 
I mean, I'm serious. That's what we do. You know, I'm saying we, we, we've got to be consistent. We've got to be disciplined on disciplining our children. Guys, I need you to grasp this right now. If your kid grows up and they're not disciplined, it's because you weren't disciplined. Amen? Another way we need to, or excuse me, another thing that we need to avoid uh, when it comes to inconsistent discipline is having dad discipline the kids one way and mom another. Yeah. We as parents must be on the same page, guys. You know, we've got to put a game plan together. You know, I know y'all get tired of me referencing sports, but I don't care because I love it. So, so what you do, you know, before a game, put a game plan together. You know, as a parent, I highly recommend y'all listen, you young guys and you young ladies that hadn't had kids yet or you got little babies and so forth, right now, put a game plan together. Now, be prepared because I'm going to tell you, it's a battle. Them kids are crazy. You got to be prepared for battle. So put a game plan together today. I mean, literally, like if they do this, what should we do? If they act out this way, what should we do? How should we discipline them in this area of life? And so forth and so on. You know, should we spank at, at this age? Should we spank them when they're 18? Don't do that. That's weird. But you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> figure out a game plan, right? Figure out a game plan. Put it together. Your teammates, and I promise you, even though it's just one little old kid, the two of you going to get ganged up on. <laughs> Amen. We as parents must also, or excuse me, be on the same plan so forth. But the other thing, guys, that, that I worry about that I see a lot is to have a standard of discipline at home and another one outside of the home. You got to stay away from that. You, you need to be consistent, guys. You know, you, you take kids that are outside. The, how many times y'all see that? You know, you, <laughs> I'm so guilty of this. You know, I'll go to a parent-teacher conference or something like that, and they're like, oh, your kid is just amazing. I'm like, no, they ain't. <laughs> they don't act like this at home. It's my fault. That's my fault. Sounds like I'm not disciplined the way I need to in my home. We shouldn't expect them to be better outside of the home and then come home where they're supposed to honor the parents and, and not honor us the same way they honor a teacher. Again, that, it don't say honor a teacher. It says honor thy parents. But you need to honor your teachers too, kids. You, you do that because I love, I love my teachers. Guys, be consistent. Whatever you expect them to act like outside of the home, they need to be doing the same thing inside of the home. And that's as simple as just table manners. You know what I'm saying? You go out to eat, they all, you know, tuck in their napkin and all that kind of stuff. They're at the house, again, food falling out of the mouth and everything. It, it needs to be consistent. The most important thing we need to understand when it comes to discipline and correcting our children, guys, all correction should be followed with reconciliation. All correction. Make sure they understand that no matter what they did, you love them. You got their back. You, you, you got them. You're still on a team. You're still with me. Doesn't matter what you did. I don't care how bad you messed up. I still love you. You know, I'm going to discipline you, but I still love you. And I'm going to discipline you because as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. That's what we're going to do. Amen. <laughs> Last thing I want to talk about on this, and then we'll go to the next phase, guys. When you do discipline your kids, don't, don't, don't embarrass them. Don't do that. If it's a public setting, this is completely unbiblical and completely what I just taught, but I'm going to go ahead and do this because I feel like the Holy Spirit's telling me this. But if it's in a public setting, if you've got to warn them twice, that's okay. Because you don't want to embarrass them in front of everybody. My suggestion is you pull them aside or give them that look. You know what I'm saying? Y'all act like y'all ain't had that look. 
My mama's giving me that look. My mother-in-law's giving me that look. And Amanda's giving me that look right now, I guarantee you. <laughs> Guys, all kidding aside, you'll break their spirit. The last thing you want to do is that God has planted characteristics in your child. And your child may be bouncing off the walls, but that's a characteristic that he gave that child. It's okay to discipline them. They need to understand there's a time and a place for that. But don't take that characteristic away by breaking their spirit. Do y'all understand me? God made your child how your child is. You can't control the characteristics, but you can control the discipline. You let your kids be kids, but they do need to understand. They've got to do it the right way. They've got to honor you. Give them that look. Don't embarrass your kids, guys. I've seen that destroy children. I've seen it. I've seen it destroy a child, and then it, it carries on with them all into adulthood. The second phase of a child's life that requires training from us as parents is the teaching phase. I want to go back to Ephesians 6, 4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Well, how do you instruct them? You teach them. We as parents are to teach our children the instruction of the Lord. This phase in a child's life usually starts around five to six. This is when a child starts to learn to read and write and comprehend. Now, again, ages are always different. I'm just throwing out there the statistics that I saw, okay? This is the time to start teaching them the Bible. Read scripture to them. Read them Bible stories. I've got this old book at my house. It's, a, it's an old Bible story book that was literally given to my dad by his I believe it was his great-grandmother, and forgive me if I'm wrong there, but this is an old, old, you know, like you open it up, and the pictures look like oil paintings, you know what I'm saying? But guys, I, I, I would read, I read those to my kids, I still read some to Caroline. Th those are stories, guys start implementing that into their brain. It's time to teach them. Give them simple Bible verses that they can memorize. Start soaking that in them. Have worship music going around the house. It's time to implement that stuff into their brain and most importantly, their heart. So constantly pour that out at them. This is the teaching phase, guys. It's very, very important. Start asking them what they learned at Sunday school on Sunday. Really, that, that'll spark a conversation right there, a teaching moment. That's what you're looking for as parents. You're looking for, you're looking for a teaching moment. You're hunting for a teaching moment every day, every day. Ask them how their day went. How was it at school? You know, most of the time they're going to say, that's good. It's good. But you know what? There'll be that one day. Man, it's a rough day. Well, what happened? Teaching moment. Guys, don't start this phase too late in their lives. This is a big problem that Christians are facing when raising children today. They don't start them at the right age, they, they wait until they're like teenagers. This is way too late. The proof of this is what's happening to our kids when they go off to college. See, what happens is, is <laughs> you're like, all right, you know, senior year of high school or junior year, and they're out looking around at colleges, and they want to go to this school. And listen, I don't mind saying that they'll kick us off the Internet. I don't care. You know, most colleges are very liberal, okay? Now, understand, I'm going to say it again. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. I'm a conservative Christian, okay? I, I love them all, okay? But here's what I'm going to tell you. They go off to college. There's a lot of things, obviously, that they're pushing there that we completely disagree with in this church. And the problem is, is you're starting to train them when you realize, oh, they're going to this school Oh, now I need to start slamming them with the Bible. I need to start making them go to church. Well, well then they go off to school and, and they're getting attacked by wolves. Because the problem is what you taught them, you taught them in a short moment. That's not going to hold on to them. Guys, you start at a young age to where it's natural to them. It's a part of their life every day. When you slam it on them in the lab, think about it this way, because this is how I used to be in school, right? Like I would slam for a test literally an hour before the test started. 
I don't remember anything after that test. I might have passed, but I don't remember anything after that. But if you study for a week, those things stick with you. You feel me? Got to start teaching. The teaching phase has to start at an early age, guys. They're teenagers. It's too late. If you hadn't done it yet and your kids are teenagers, get after it. Amen? Amen. Guys, when our kids leave our homes, we don't need them to just be disciplined on the outside. We need them to be disciplined on the inside. And that's where this teaching phase comes in. Another major issue we are seeing in the teaching phase of our children throughout the church is the lack of boys being taught to be men. I'm fixed to get on the soapbox, man. I know that I'm going to get a lot of backlash from this, guys. I know I am, but it is a major problem. I have no doubt that it is. This is something that God has really put on my heart, but there's too many moms raising boys these days and not dads. If you're a single mom and the dad's not in the picture, number one, God bless you and understand, and I think you know this because we've talked about it many times, I have so much respect for you. To have to take on two roles in the house, it's not how God intended it. I, I, I honor you for doing that, but it's still not an excuse. There's other men that you can get that child around. There's grandfathers. There's uncles, there's stepdads, there's, there's cousins, there's a church. If you don't have any of that, let's say your family is terrible and you don't want your kid around them men, right? There's a church. And I promise you, if you came to me, if you've got a son that's not acting right, and a big reason why that happens is because the disciplinarian is not in the home. Now, I understand some of you moms say, well, I am the disciplinarian. It's different. I need you to understand you're doing an excellent job. But it's just different. They need a man that will teach them how to be a man. You ladies are doing a great job, but you don't understand what it means to be a man, a true godly man. Get them around a true godly man. If you need help, ask me. I'll put a godly man from this church with your child. They can mentor your child. Too many, I see it so many times, where we've got young men that are coming up into this world now, into the adulthood age now. They can't leave. They cannot leave. They don't understand. Another issue. There's a lot of times that a father is disciplining that child, their son. We're talking about boys right now. And the mom don't like it, and she gets in the way. She stands in between them. Listen, if your child ain't getting abused, leave him alone. Let the dad, let him be hard on him. Let him be hard on him out of love. But let him be hard on him. Guys, that's the problem with the world we live in today. We got too many men in leadership that don't have a backbone. See, see moms, I, I need you to understand this. And again, I'm, I'm going to keep saying this because I don't want to get attacked by y'all. <laughs> I love you, and you're doing an excellent job as a mother. But one day your son is going to be a husband and a father. And all hell's going to break loose in that household. It happens in every household. Something's going to happen. They're all at different magnitudes. But it's going to happen. And if you didn't allow that husband of yours to be hard on him, he's not going to get it. And he's going to crash and he's going to fold in that moment. Let him be a little hard on him. Out of love. Let him be hard on him. We need that in a bad way. I'm going to get killed. <laughs> Let's move on. The third and final phase of a child's life that requires training from us as parents is the discipleship phase. This is the most important phase, guys. Let's go look at Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. 
And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Let's encourage each other. Let's show each other how to love each other. Let's show each other what good works really are. Okay? That's what it's saying here. Not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some. Now, he's talking about actual churches not meeting together, but let's move on. But encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. Encouraging one another. Discipline, or excuse me, discipleship is just this. It's showing somebody how to actually produce good works. How to actually get out and disciple. How to get out and build God's kingdom. That's what this is. And if you're not meeting together, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Again, ladies, I was talking about this earlier, but same thing with, with girls here. I mean, they've got to be around godly people. Now, you're the parent. You should be discipling more than anybody. But surround them with a church, with godly people that is family, that will help raise this child up with you. Amen? If you ain't got a church doing that and you're watching online, come see us. The discipleship phase of a child's life is when they reach biblical maturity. This is usually between the age of 10 and 11. Keep in mind, again, these ages are different for every child. How do we disciple? By living together. Take your kid with you when you go run errands. If possible, take them to work. Take them out to eat lunch. Let them live life with you. Let them see the example that hopefully you're setting for your child. Okay? This past uh, Thursday, my family and I, for Amanda's birthday, uh, we went to watch Queen. Um, they're still awesome, by the way. But anyway, we went, we went to Dallas, to American Airlines Center. And we get to our seats, and uh, we've been there. First song's about to come on, and this group of people come sit in front of us. It's three ladies, and it's three men. I knew immediately we were going to have a problem. They was drunk, you know. They, they should have listened to my sermon a few weeks back about not drinking too much. They's drunk. The next thing I know, I smell cigarette smoke. They're smoking. They're vaping. The whole time, I'm, I, all I'm thinking about, guys, is, is, is my kids. And then they start using foul language. Should have watched my sermon last week. And, guys, my anger's boiling up at this point. I'm getting mad. I mean, I'm thinking, I, I got to say something. I, I got to come, I just got to come loose on these people. And this continues, and this goes on, and this goes on, and then all of a sudden I look over, and there's a lady sitting next to them, and she keeps looking down, and she's talking to her son, and she keeps looking down, and she's talking to her son. I thought, oh, all heck's fixing to break loose. She's tired of it, too. And I just stayed calm. I didn't want to, but I stayed calm. And I'll tell you why I did it. Number one, my kids are sitting next to me. Discipleship face. Number two, I'm, I'm a Christian. And as much as I wanted to rip their heads off, I couldn't do it at that point. I'm sitting there watching, and I'm seeing the moment get worse, and it's getting worse. The situation's getting worse. And then all of a sudden, the lady that was sitting down here by her son turns around and looks at him and says, I wish y'all just shut up. <laughs> all hell broke loose. This other, one of the three ladies that was sitting there jumps up, starts mouthing at her. Every word you can think of comes out. I got my three kids sitting next to me. Now I realize one of them's almost an adult, but I don't care. I don't even want my wife around that language. So I get up. These two ladies are going at it, and I, I grab both of them by the shoulders, and I just looked at them, and I said, ladies, I got my kids sitting back here. Could y'all please watch your language? They kept mouthing. They ended up walking away. Security came and got them, so forth. Well, then one of the ladies comes back, and she looks at us, and she apologizes. That's great. But then she did this. Wasn't five minutes, the other lady comes in there, and she turns around and looks at us. She said, y'all need to put earmuffs on your kids. And I looked at her, and I said, I don't think so. I said, you already apologized. I'm asking you, you need to watch your language. Y'all take this outside. I was calm, by the way. I was very calm. 
She gets up, mouths, anyway, they leave. Finally, everybody gets out of there. Here's the point of all this. We go out to the car at the end of the night, the end of the, the concert. And before we took off, I said, kids, uh, this is a teaching moment. I need to tell you all this. No matter what you do in life, no matter how much you try to protect your family, the world sucks. They're gonna, that's, you're going to have those issues. But I also taught those kids in that moment to try and stay calm. I tried my best. Now, on my face, you could tell I done had it. But I didn't act out as much as I wanted to. And kids, I need you all to know that I trust me. I wanted to say something. But I stayed calm. I was discipling to them in that moment and didn't even know it. You can't learn that in a book. That's what discipleship is. But now I'm going to humble myself and I'm going I'm to teach them even more. I told y'all I saw it coming, right? I saw it. I watched that woman turning and looking and I thought they're fixing to explode. And kids, I'm going to humble myself right now and I'm going to teach you something else that you can't learn in a book. Your dad messed up. Why didn't I pray in that moment? Why didn't I pray and say, God, I need you to handle this situation. I want to protect my family. I don't want my kids to see this. Father, I'm asking you to take over in this moment. Who's to say he wouldn't? You know what? I don't know because I didn't pray. Can't learn that in a book either. That's discipleship. That's the discipleship phase. It's not just teaching your kids about your victories. It's teaching your kids about your defeats. It's letting them understand what life is all about and how hard it is and how little mistakes like that, just as simple as praying over something, could have fixed everything. That's the discipleship phase. Be honest with your kids. Teach them from your heart. The best way to teach your children, guys, during this phase, again, is to lead by example. How's your marriage look? How are you raising their siblings? How do you take care of yourself? How do you take care of your finances? Most important, how's your relationship with God? Set the example for your kids. Amen? These three phases, guys, are not something that we as parents ever quit doing. We have to continue to teach this to our children until the day we die. This is not something that we ever stop. As a parent, that's a job that lasts for your entire life. Amen? I mean, my mom will still teach me. It doesn't matter. I'm a 40-year-old man. 